Happy Singles Awareness Day. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting all week to say that. All right. Awesome. What's that? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> um, awesome. If we could just stay in a place of uh, prayer for the, for the moment, I want to uh, keep talking off of um, what Matt was was praying into. Um, and if if you want to participate, go ahead and just put your hands out in front of you, like you're receiving a gift and. Um, what we're going to do tonight is going to focus a lot in receiving and the opposite or the, the, the kind of the counter to receiving is striving and striving is fruitless efforts. Um, and so I just want to pray uh, into that just to prepare and, and posture ourselves. Um, and in doing that, I just want to read this uh, psalm that Solomon wrote. Um, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, uh, or those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And so, Lord, we just posture ourselves, Lord, that you are the master gardener of our hearts, Lord. That nothing, no fruitless effort can do anything to change ourselves or um, the, the condition of our heart, Lord, but that you are the one who brings change. You are the one who brings life. You are the one who plants life in us. And so, Lord, we receive, we posture our hearts to receive and re rebuke striving in Jesus' name. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, we invite your peace and your receiving, Lord. And we rest in your grace. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So as Matt said, um, we are wrapping up a mini-series within our bigger series. So the mini-series is Hearing God. This is part three. Um, and I encourage you to go check out part one, part two, which I'll mention here in a minute. But the bigger series is Abide and Activate. Abiding and Activation. And so we've been talking about Hearing God in part one, part two, in regards to the bigger picture, laying a foundation, and so part three is about activation. So we're going to have more um, response and interaction in this setting. So if you have uh, notes that you are like p paper or your phone, whatever you're going to, I'm going to have you writing in that in response. So pull that out, get that ready if you haven't already. Um, and just as a quick overview, part one. Part one, we talked about the whole story of life is centered on the loss and restoration of relationship with God. The whole story of life centered on the loss and restoration of relationship with God. And that thriving relationship requires active communication. And so in light of that, hearing God, we believe hearing God is a key foundation with a, of, of a life with Christ. Part two, we went into um, hearing God is more than seeking his will or giving prophetic words or I would tag on to that just interpreting scripture. Um, hearing God is more. And then um, we began to shift into an invitation to move from passive listening to active listening. And that's what we're gonna do tonight. We're gonna do some active listening. Um, and 
part of this uh, pr practice, because communication requires practice, you don't just wake up one day and you're like perfect communicator with the, your best friend or your spouse or your loved one or et cetera. So it requires um, a lot of practice um, to grow in that. And we're going to use the metaphor of gardening. Any gardeners? Some gardeners? Any farmers? That is included in gardening. Some, yep, awesome. So we're going to use some of that language. I lived in California um, for a few years, and my mentor grew up on a 100-year-old farm. And he would always teach using farm metaphors, as scripture does. Nobody understood him. Priming the pump, you know, phrases like that, that just like <laughs> didn't, didn't fly. So you had to find new metaphors. Um, so we're going to talk about gardening. And um, we're going to use probably one of the most famous parts of scripture, Mark 4, to talk about the parable of the sower. Um, I'm not going to read through this. I'm just, because of time, I'm going to skim and just give you an abbreviated um, kind of overview. But as I kind of skim through this, there are two keys to this passage. One is, whenever you hear the word seed, it's referring to the word of God, spoken word of God, okay? And the second thing is, whenever you hear soil, it's referring to our hearts, the hearts of humans and people. Really key. Um, so, we have the parable of the sower. Jesus is giving this parable. He lays it out, and then he explains it later on to his disciples. I'm going to combine those. But he talks about four different types of soil that a farmer goes along and throws seed to, you know, farm and, 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 and um, garden, if you will. And there are four different types of soil. And the first one is hardened ground. So it's like a pathway, a walkway. So it's been beaten and hardened into, um, into a pathway. And this sort of represents, uh, and so when the seed falls on it, it doesn't take root, doesn't get in the ground at all. Birds come and just snatch it up. And so it has no effect whatsoever. Um, and this really represents um, our a hardened heart that has is, is been made through habits, through perspectives and ways of being. Um, and ultimately, it's resistant to receive in some manner. It's resistant to receive in some manner. Um, the second is uh, rocky ground. So the farmer throws seed on rocky ground. And uh, the seed goes down. It takes root really quickly. And it springs up. Um, and grows really fast, but when the sun rises to like midday, it just scorches it and kills the plant. So it doesn't last long when um, on trials or, 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 or um, uh, resistance comes. So uh, this really ref refers to a false depth. Um, and Jesus says there, that these individuals have no root in themselves, which is a really interesting phrase. Um, and it's this idea of disconnectedness. Disconnectedness to the reality of our heart and, and being aware of what's going on. So we've got hardened ground, rocky ground, thorny ground is um, another spot. And where the seed is thrown into this area has thorns and weeds, essentially. Um, and what happens is the seed goes down, takes root, starts to grow, but then these thorns and these weeds grow up around it and choke out the life. And so it's not able to produce any fruit. So no fruit comes from that scenario. And this really represents hearts that have competing earthly desires. There's this competition of, of um, desire. And I don't remember who said this, but someone did at one point, um, that purity of heart is desiring one thing. Purity of heart is desiring one thing. And so this heart really um, is a distracted heart. 
So we have a resistant heart, a disconnected heart, and a distracted heart. And then we have good soil. And Jesus talks about the farmer throwing soil onto um, good soil. It sows, it get, uh, takes root, it bears fruit, grows up, and produces um, not only just enough from itself, but 100, 200-fold exponential in, um, kind of fruit. And this heart is open and receiving. As you can see where we started tonight, see where I'm going with this? Um, and this results with, uh, in fruit from the planting of that word, and this is a yielded heart. So um, to, to kick us off here, and this is in no way a, um, this is all about forward movement. This is not um, in any way, shape, an invitation for shame or condemnation. So I want to encourage you, this is not any of that. That is no place here in our body and our way of life in pursuit of the Lord. Um, but we're going to first, in the first step of um, planting, of gardening, of sowing, um, farming, etc., we're going to check the soil. We're going to check the soil of our hearts before we go any further. Um, and the question that we're going to roll around in is where our heart, where are our hearts right now and what's the condition of the soil? What's the condition of our heart? Um, and to frame that, we're going to go through just a little bit of repentance here, and to frame the repentance, because immediately I feel like that can bring up like, oh, I'm going to repent, or great, we're going to go walk through repentance again, you know. But I want to reframe it in a different way. Um, this is something I uh, stumbled uh, upon with the Lord in the recent weeks. Um, but repentance for the believer, for those who are in Christ, repentance is not about distance, but about connection. It's not a return from some foreign land, but rather a turning to lean in closer, strengthening relationship and deepening intimacy. And so we have this idea um, of, of God is near. And A.W. Tozer um, wrote a book called The Pursuit of God, and I'm gonna just um, reference, and he talks about this idea of God being near to help frame this idea of repentance. Um, it says, the revelation of God to any man is not God coming from a distance once upon a time to pay a brief and momentous visit to the man's soul or the human soul. Thus to think of it is to misunderstand it at all. The approach of God to the soul or of the soul to God is not to be thought of in spatial terms. There is no idea of physical distance involved in the concept. It is not a matter of miles, but of experience. And he further unpacks what that experience means, and it has to do with the nearness of relationship. We need, not, we need never shout across the spaces to an absent God. He is nearer than our own soul, closer than our most secret thoughts. So it's this beautiful picture of like, when we repent, we're not like way over here. So the prodigal son, we often think about the prodigal son as the picture of repentance. It's we're over here, we're doing all this stuff, and now we have to make this long trek from a foreign land all the way back to God. God, we repent, would you accept us back? And it's... That's not necessarily the case. That's the picture of, of transformation. But if, as far as distance and nearness, it's much closer. It's a turning to lean in, um, to deepen intimacy and, and strengthen relationship. So here's what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment. We're going to practice listening. And this is, this is, we're gonna, this is a beginning. We're getting into more specific listening. But um, what I want us to sit with for just a minute is what is the condition of our heart? So I want you to sit and ask the Lord in just a moment, what is the condition of my heart right now, in this moment? What's the condition of my heart? And use the framework of, is it resistant? Is it disconnected? Is it distracted? 
Is it yielded? So take a moment. What is the condition of my heart right now? And it may not be one of those words specifically, but this is a frame of reference. And so whatever the Lord has brought up or whatever came to mind, what I wanted us to do in moving forward is we're just going to repent of um, any distraction or disconnection or resistance that we may have in our hearts at this moment um, as we lean in, to, again, to strengthen relationship and deepen intimacy um, so if you just want to repeat after me under your breath or out loud, whatever, whatever um, suits you, um, we're just going to walk through that really quickly. Um, so Lord, we just repent for disconnected hearts. Lord, we repent for resistant hearts. We repent for distracted hearts, Lord. And Lord, we receive your forgiveness. We receive your open arms. And we rebuke any uh, thing that would keep us from connection with you. And anything that would keep us from receiving from you. And God, we replace uh, that condition of our heart with a yielded heart. And God, we receive what you have for us tonight. Amen. So we check the soil. We, we check the condition. Now we're going to get a little bit more specific here. Um, check the soil. The second step in this process is um, we, we like to think that it's planting the seed. But we don't actually do the planting. God is doing the planting. So what is our, our role in that? And I would suggest it's receiving that planting. Receiving that planting. And part of that receiving is like God is planting constantly, throwing seed on us. Are we going to receive, you know? And so part of receiving, as I'm framing it tonight, is active listening. So we're going to shift into active listening to hear what that, that word is. Um, I love Colossians 3 uh, that talks about, may the... Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's this idea of like that, that seed's got to take root. It's going to bear fruit. Um, so may the word of Christ dwell in us richly. And I mentioned this before, but in this process, God is this master gardener of our hearts. And so he's doing things. He's moving in us. He's establishing um, a garden that has fruit, not only for us, that bears fruit for us, but bears fruit for others. And so part of this role is partnering with him in that process. And so, and it's good to understand that in this, he's not a cruel gardener. I don't know who, any of you gardeners feel like you are a cruel gardener? 
Like it's kind of the counter idea, like a gardener cultivates. It's all about growth in life. You know, there might be pruning, but it's all into like a, a, a bigger picture of, of bearing more fruit. So in this, God is love. This is a truth to, to stand on in this, is God is love. And he's looking to develop us, not, not to control us or manipulate us or to tear us apart or tear us down, but to develop us and to grow us. And a quote, I love this quote. Um, it's a lot longer what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say. But um, Graham Cook, he says, he loves you because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. Because that is who, that is what he is like. That is who he is. It's not just an action for him, but it's an embodiment of his character, of his being, that he is love. And in spirit of, you know, single awareness day, um, and because God is love, um, we're going to take a moment and ask the Lord, what do you love about me? Now, this, this is... Um, could be kind of weird because you're like, oh, it's not about me, but actually in a relationship, it's about the other person, right? So when God looks at us, he's like, oh, there's so much in you. There's so much I love about you. There's so much I've put in you to flourish and to come alive. And so he's growing us and he's leading us in a way that, that causes that. And we can either partner with that or we can resist that. And so we're going to partner with that tonight. Um, how do we hear the Lord? What does this look like? What are ways to hear the Lord? Great question. Thanks, Luke. Um, there are a lot of different ways. There's no like exact list per se. And if this is new to you, awesome. If this is old to you, maybe there's some stuff in here that is new. Um, there are a lot of ways throughout scripture and throughout our walks with the Lord where this, where this shows up. Um, and so, obviously, and I'm going to walk through this list in brief to help frame how we're going to listen here. Um, but obviously, through Scripture, God speaks. We hear God through Scripture. So, Scripture is God's spoken word that has been written down. And so, we encounter and we hear through that. And sometimes it might be a highlighting, a verse comes to mind in a very opportune moment or a key moment, or we're like frustrated and this a verse, we find a verse and it produces life in us. And so, God's word always produces life. Remember, it's a seed. It's going to produce life. So as we listen, a, a verse or a scripture might come to mind. Um, my favorite, one of my favorites, is the still small voice. And Elijah's on the mountain, and he goes, and he goes to the edge of the cave. God calls him out, and then there's this huge wind that comes by, huge storm, all, the fire comes by. All, this, all these loud, huge, eruptive things are happening outside, and then it says, and then God shows up in a whisper. So sometimes he shows up in a still, small voice. And, and, um, and that could be through words or phrases or verses that come to mind. Um, and, and this really partners with that ne this next point. But this, a lot of this happens in our imagination. So here's what I want you to do. I want you, it's not my birthday, but let's, let's pretend it's my, is it anybody's birthday? No, okay, cool. Let's, <gasps> let's see a hand. Oh, your mom's birthday. What's your mom's name? Debbie. Debbie? Awesome mom name. I love it. Okay, so um, Debbie. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing happy birthday to Debbie, but in our minds, okay? Trust me on this. It sounds weird, but trust me, okay? So we're going to sing happy birthday, okay? I'll start us off speaking, but I'm going to stop speaking, and you sing it in your mind, okay? Happy birthday. So, 
this is a place, that one little spot in your mind where you just like talked and you, you sang, that's a spot the Lord can speak. And that's part of our imagination in our mind. He can also um, speak to us through images and pictures, which is also a place in our imagination. So I want everyone to shut their eyes right now. Go ahead, shut your eyes. And what I want you to imagine is I want you to imagine the front of your living place. So your house, your apartment, your dorm, whatever that is, the front door. And you walk in through the front door and then you, you go inside and you make your way to your, your bedroom. Maybe you notice things on the counter or on the table, a place where you put your keys. And you see your bed. Okay, go ahead, open your eyes now. So this same place where you just imagine those images are places where the Lord can speak to us. He can bring up that similar images that may feel like, oh, that was random. I saw a picture of like an apple tree or something. You know, like, what, what, you know? And we'll get into that in a moment. But this is another place where we can um, interact with the Lord um, and he can speak to us. Here, this is another one that is probably the most common that people don't realize, probably that it's the Lord interacting with us. But I've heard terms like nudging, a nudge, I felt a nudge to do something, or an impression, I felt impressed to say this, I felt impressed to make this decision or go in this direction, or to show up to this place. Um, that's all the Lord interacting with us in a very, a very vague sort of puzzle way, which we're gonna, but, and as we, we get deeper into relationship, that puzzle becomes more solidified and it becomes more, less cryptic in a sense because the more you interact with someone, the more you begin to understand how they're, they're speaking, what their tone is and what they're meaning and what they intend. And so that becomes to unpack as we, but oftentimes at the very beginning, it's very cryptic. You're like, oh, I saw a picture of a yellow football. Blech, what does that mean, you know? And so we begin to unpack that. Yeah. So a nudge or impression, you feel something um, internally or, or uh, to, to do something. Um, he can speak to us through dreams, like sleepy dreams. That's why I've got to, you know, like, not your vision for your life. Um, but he can, but like, I'm talking about sleepy dreams. And then um, uh, 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 one we see in scripture is the audible voice of God. I've not experienced this myself. I know others who have. It doesn't seem to be very common as we've seen it, but it is, some, it is the way the Lord encounters us. Um, and then uh, two more, uh, highlighting. So I'm just painting a picture here. I like to call this highlighting. Something when you're reading in scripture, potentially, this is a great example, and you're reading along and all of a sudden something just like jumps out at you, a phrase, a word, and you're like, whoa, I never, it's not, and it may not be a mental thing, like I never realized that before. It might be more like emotive in a way, but not totally pure emotion. Um, but I like to call that highlighting, like this thing was highlighted to me. And it doesn't just happen in scripture, but it can happen when you're reading a book, when you're watching a movie, when you're um, driving down the road and all of a sudden this sign that's on the road really stands out to you for some reason. You're like, whoa, what, why does that stand out to me? Um, I, I, I will often, in movies, there'll be a moment or something in the storyline that feels like it's highlighted to me and I'll ask the Lord about it and it turns out he's unpacking this bigger idea about something not even referential to, um, to the movie. One of my favorite examples is um, 
Avatar, the, uh, of the Blue People Avatar movie, and it's this beautiful picture of going from um, not life with Christ and being transformed into life with Christ and this stark difference between um, without God and then with God and the fruit and development of that. That's a whole, we can get that, and that could be a sermon in and of itself, really, uh, talking about Avatar, and um, we're not going to do that. But it could be the most random things um, that really stand out to you and feel highlighted. There's like this awareness that grows into that, that moment. And another way is, and, and this isn't necessarily God speaking to us per se, it's more of like he's beginning to interact with us, but we can feel God in our physical bodies. Um, and sometimes we might feel heat, and we talk about this sometimes, feel heat in our hands, um, sometimes uh, heat in other places in our body. I tend to hear, feel heat in my ears. And it's like, also my ear, like it just be one ear, it just like starts really hot. I'm like, this is so weird. And, but for me, it's like a cue that Lord is trying to get my attention. It's like, okay, Lord, what are you saying right now? And I stop and I, I listen and I wait. Um, but for others, uh, my, one of my mentors, he says whenever his hands start getting really hot, it's often an invitation for him to go pray for someone. And so he's like, all right, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? What does this look like? And there's this interaction. Um, so there's a lot of different random ways to how we interact with the Lord. And I talked about, like, maybe we see a picture, or maybe something's highlighted. There's often two parts to this. There's two parts to this interaction. Because we are not fully... Um, we've not been fully restored and totally, uh, like, uh, um, the consummation, you know, the, 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 when God restores, Christ restores all things to himself, and there are no veils, there are nothing hinder us from being with God. Um, because that hasn't happened in its fullness yet, um, some of this, it feels cryptic, and it's like we have to narrow, and we have to pursue God, and we have to get in there and ask questions. So it's not always we, we see a thing, and we just know what it is or we hear something, we just know what it is. That's an invitation to relationship. So he's drawing us in through this, to this sort of weird, cryptic way of speaking to us um, because it's about relationship in the end. And so there's two parts. One, we call, we call and this is not in any way um, like replacing scripture whatsoever, but we call it revelation. The first part is revelation, and the second part is interpretation. So the first part is revelation. This idea of like recognizing something, hearing something, seeing something, whatever that might be, is a thing. And then, um, so like the yellow football, right? And so like, okay, I see a yellow football. And when we're first starting out, it's good to like break this apart and be really granular. And so it's like, I see a yellow football, I recognize that. That was weird, cool. And then the next thing is the interpretation. And that's when we ask the Lord further, like, what do you mean by this? What is this? Why is it yellow? And, and start, it's not just one question. It's, you know, think about it when you encounter something, um, like a new idea. Do you ever just have one question about that new idea? It's probably not. There's probably multiple questions you want to ask, you know. Um, Brian's an electrical engineer. I'm sure he asks lots of questions when it comes to new things. So, um, you know, this idea. So, so we, we, we see this thing, we hear this thing, and then and that represents this idea of revelation, and then we ask for further interpretation or understanding. So this is known way, shape, an actual thing, but what is the yellow football? Uh, what's this yellow football mean? And then lords could say or, or forgive understanding, and maybe it's just an awareness, and oftentimes it's in relationship to who we are individually. So maybe for Matt, since he was a football player at one time, um, 
it's like, oh, it's a, it's a calling to remembrance the times where of perseverance and working out. And the yellow really represents um, this, this joy of, of applying himself to you know, such, such things, um, or what have you. you know, the word, depending on the question and, and the context, it'll make a lot more sense than what I just described. So, um, bless you, brother. Um, an invitation to that. So, um, okay, back to our question. So that was a lot of information. So what I want us to do is just like take a moment, close our eyes, just like chill for a moment. And, and this is the question I want you to ask the Lord. And, and don't just let me ask it for you. Like, when I stop talking, ask the Lord this question. Um, but the question is, what, what do you love about me? And if you don't feel like you see anything or hear anything, that's totally okay. We're not striving to, to go after this, and this, is, this, is, this might be a new thing, so it takes practice, it takes time. And it might be something that was like, that was just, it just passed really fast, and then it's gone, and you're just sitting there, what, you know. Um, but what I want you to do is whatever you heard, whatever you saw, I want you to write it down, just real quick. It's on your phone, um, on a piece of paper. And if you haven't felt like you heard anything, ask him again, Lord, what do you love about me? And once you've written that down, whatever that thing might be, if, if you have heard something or seen something, I want you to ask the Lord, okay, what do you mean by this? What does this mean? Or ask more specific questions about the thing that you saw. So for me, I just saw a picture of like little birds, um, backyard birds flying and fluttering. So I'm gonna ask the Lord, what, what do these birds mean? And once you feel like you might have heard something or not heard something, just write that down as well. And it might feel super random, but that's okay.
Okay, we're going to keep moving here. So, like I mentioned, it's often t great to have like an example. So I saw pictures of birds fluttering and flying, and so I asked the Lord, okay, what does this mean? What does this look like? And immediately what was brought to mind was the verse where Jesus is talking about the sparrows. And see how much more I've clothed and provided for these sparrows than, you know, like the lilies of the field. And like, it's all about provision. And what I felt like the Lord was saying further, I said, okay, I see this. And the next question was like, what, do you, what are you bringing up in reference to this verse? And sometimes it's just a knowing. You just have an understanding. Like this is, you know, when you have a dream, you wake up and there's a thing that happens in the dream. And the way to describe it is like, I just knew. It's just like, it was understood that this person was being uh, really, really nice to me. But they didn't say that. They said bad things. But I understood, you know, this is the idea. Sometimes we just understand. Um, and so what, what I felt like the Lord was saying is that he um, appreciated the, my willingness to trust, trusting him to provide. Um, this is an example. I didn't make this up. It sounds weird, but I, with me sharing, I'm going to require that of you as well in just a moment. Don't worry. Don't freak out. Um, we're going to move on to the next thing. So we receive that word. So we, we check the soil, we receive the planting, um, and we got two more, just real brief. Um, we cultivate the growth. Now, this is interesting because we think that, okay, he does the planting, we do the receiving. Um, doesn't God cultivate us? And yes, he does, but we can partner with that. But he also makes it the things grow in us, those, those words, those truths. Um, and this happens, this cultivation happens through connection with the Lord, through abiding. See how we're wrapping this together? Abiding. Um, and as he is the master gardener, he is also, God is the sustainer. So God is near, God is love, and God is the sustainer. Um, Psalm 54 I didn't have this pulled up, but maybe I can get to it quick. Psalm 54, 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my life. And then Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus is quoting Old Testament, but he says, Man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every spoken word that comes to the mouth of God. So Lord, the Lord provides nourishment, sustenance, provision. Um, and so in this metaphor, as he is our sustainer, um, what we want to do is partner with him in that cultivation. So how do we partner with him in that? Part of that is through abiding. And furthermore, we're going to just ask him. So um, based on the word that you just received, or you felt like you heard, maybe you didn't, and that's fine, I want you to ask one of two questions in just a minute. This is, uh, the one question is, how can I partner with you? in this abiding. Um, and, that, and then the question, if you feel like you've, um, um, if you feel like you heard something specifically, what I want you to ask is, um, how can I respond to this? To this thing that you showed me? So if you feel like you didn't really hear anything, we're gonna, you know, it's still opportunity to listen. So how can I partner with you in abiding? Or, um, what does abiding look like for me? Okay, so what does abiding look like for me? Or um, how can I receive, or how can I respond to this word that you just showed me? I'm going to take a minute for that.
So again, it might be something where you see or reference something that doesn't really quite make sense. So once you see, recognize what it is, and then ask the Lord, okay, what do you mean by this? Follow up with further questions. So as an example, continuing my example here, as we continue, um, so the Lord recognizes he, he loves um, the way I trust with provision, trust him to provide. So I asked, okay, how do I respond to this? <laughs> and he said, I want you to let go. So obviously, he has that seed in me, but it hasn't quite come to fruition yet. So you might feel like, oh, that's not me, or that doesn't feel like me, what he loves about me. Sometimes, it hasn't come to fruition yet, but it's in you. He's planted that in you. So for me, letting go, okay, in this scenario, um, is, is going to be, is what I feel like he's asked me, how he's asked me to respond. So, okay, last, last step here. So we check the soil, receive the planting, cultivate the growth, and the last one, the best one, is we share the fruit. We share the fruits of our labors, the fruits of the, of, the, of the growth, and that may come in a long time from now. Um, but part of uh, sharing with others, with our communities, what we hear about the, those things, about how the Lord's designed us, what he loves about us, um, may feel awkward, but I'm gonna make it not awkward. So I'm just gonna invite everyone to do this, so it's not awkward. So it's not like Matt comes up to me like, bro, the Lord loves my perseverance. <laughs> it's like, cool, man. You know, like, uh, so we're going to make a not awkward situation for that. Um, and before, and this is how I actually want to end the night here, is through this, this sharing and interaction. Um, so um, if you came uh, with people or part of your communities here, or maybe it's like your spouse is here, or significant other, or what have you, um, in a minute, not now, I want you to group up and, and connect with them. Obviously, you know, social distance as much as you can. Um, and I want you to share what you heard, or what you thought you heard. Or maybe it's like, I didn't hear anything, but I saw this, like, I remember this time as a kid when I did this, that, and the other. Um, share that, because sometimes bringing that up and bringing that out provides further clarification. But then we get to partner with that. So your community, when you share things like this, your community, it invites your community to also participate in the cultivation of those things. So how does this apply? Whenever the Lord gives us promises, whenever the Lord speaks our identity over us, whenever the Lord leads us in a certain direction, all of those things become applicable Whenever we share those, we hear and we receive those things and we share them with our community, we invite our community into that process of co-cultivating. So when I'm not walking in, um, in, in uh, the freedom of letting go of, of control, of provision, then Matt can be like, hey man, I noticed like you're not, you haven't been aligning with that in your life. Like, what does that look like for you to step into that? And it's always proactive. Accountability is not accounting for our lack, but it's like accounting for our ability. So it's, it's just drawing us into something further, something more. So in a moment, I want to do that. Um, but I want to, this is the last thing I want to share. And this kind of wraps up this Hearing God kind of three-part series, if you will, um, is 
is a, a, a writing from Solomon um, who was the, quote, wisest person ever to live. And so he tries all these things throughout his whole life, and he tries, and, like, tries this, tries this, tries this, tries this, tries this, and he has the ability, he has the time, um, he has the finances to do whatever he wants. Um, and so he tries everything. And in Ecclesiastes is his account of this, and he tries this, and he tries this, and he's looking for meaning and purpose this entire time. And he gets to the very end of all of this, and he says this, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind. So if you go back and listen to part one, part two, of, of uh, what we've been talking about, you know that fearing God is actually an invitation to draw near, to draw near to God. And that keeping the Lord's commandments, commandment is a word as it reference to conversation. So there's a command that's given, a spoken. And so what is actually happening here is saying, he's saying draw near to God, listen, and respond. This is the whole duty of mankind, of all humans. This is our purpose. It's draw near to God in intimacy and relationship, listen, and then respond. And, and something that we felt like before tonight um, when we were praying was that Lord is reestablishing foundations. So if you can establish your foundation of your life and your relationship with the Lord on this, he's going to produce so much fruit in your life. And he's going to take you places that you never thought you'd dream of going both physically and, and just like uh, in your relationship or in your life, um, maybe not physically, but depth-wise. Um, so before we uh, break off, does that work with ending here? Okay. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we can split up or whatever, or do you want to say some stuff here? Okay, cool. Cool. All right, so I'm going to pray, and then um, Matt's going to wrap. But then after that, what I encourage you to do is get with someone. And if you didn't come with someone, you came by yourself, find someone else or others be aware of maybe some off by themselves. And be like, hey, would you like to connect on, on you know, and don't force yourself, like invite, you know, asking. So, all right, let's pray. Lord, thank you. We thank you that you are near that you are present and that you are love and you're developing us and you're growing us and you're deepening intimacy and you're drawing us in um, and you're, you're bringing to fruition all that you've started in us, Lord. Lord, I pray that the words that you've spoken tonight would grow um, deep within us and take root, Lord, and that fruit would abound um, in us and through us and out of us, God. Lord, that you might be glorified. Lord, would you draw us deeper into intimacy and relationship with you? Give us the grace to walk in an awareness of your voice, to actively listen and choose to listen. Grow us in our ability to communicate with you, to communicate to you, and then receive communication, Lord. And God, whatever you have done tonight, we just ask that you would um, protect that, that you would um, surround it, that seed, and you would cultivate it, God, in our lives. Give us the grace to draw near, to listen and respond. Lord, we love you and we just um, 
We set these things before you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.